0: You are listening to Super Yacht Radio.
1: Welcome to Super Yacht Radio. As a special in the industry, we are talking with the shipyards at a sustainable level with collaboration of the Water Revolution Foundation. I have the pleasure today of being joined by Victor Caminida. Who is the marketing manager at Amols and Damon? Welcome. It's lovely to have you here Victor today.
0: Yes, thank you. Thank you. Also nice to be on the radio.
1: Indeed. I've had the pleasure of meeting you and seeing the Great Stand at Monaco Yacht Show. And I have to say, I was very impressed. There's a lot of exciting things happening in your shipyard at the moment. To begin with, can we start with looking at the development and design in the new line that's coming out from Amels and Damon?
0: Okay, Maeve. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to explain. Maybe interesting to know, not all listeners might know, that Amos is just a minor part of a much bigger company named Damen. It's a Dutch family-owned company. About 90% of our activities are in the commercial world. Uh, We have uh, 36 shipyards around the world and employ uh, 12,000 people. With that as a company, we have a big corporate social responsibility also. And there comes in, in a very important way, the focus on sustainability and responsibility we carry from within that and we also report on this uh, on, a, on, on a yearly basis we take this down to product development and product development is one of the main things within amos uh, as people might know we have the limited editions concept where we uh, develop design engineer and build the boats before they are bought mm-hmm. um, so actually we're uh, we're on the, on the, on the, in the driver's seat uh, as it comes to developing our platforms. And, and, and taking the start from the corporate social responsibility, we have the responsibility also for future generations to develop boats that have a reduced impact on the environment. And I think a good example of that is the uh, boat you saw in the stand, which we introduced, is the uh, AMO60. It's a brand new design. Uh, mm-hmm. Together with uh, Espen Oino, uh, where he has done a beautiful exterior design, and our naval architecture team, together with the uh, Daman Shipyards uh, Research Laboratory, have uh, invested heavily in uh, in reducing the impact of the vessel. So they're um, very. Espen- uh, Sorry, yes? This,
1: well, this is something um, I can see that has been, you've been working on, although sustainability is very much a, a very big topic particularly in our world today. This is something that at Amos you've been developing over the past few years really, isn't it?
0: Yes, uh, it has been on our minds, but uh, for a long time. Also personally, it's it's a big driver for myself with young children. But the, the actually the first boat as a, as, as, as a milestone, I think, was in 2014, the start of the development of uh, the Amos, uh, what we call the Amos 200, which is actually the uh, first tier three uh, certified or compliant yacht in the world, which was launched last year.
1: What made this boat stand out in particular?
0: Well, because we it, it was the first one um, to comply in the world, but we were complying with it before it became a regulation. And it's it's a good example, I think, to, to show that we are committed to this and that we're ahead of the game, ahead of legislation.
1: Indeed, and the new design that we we saw at the Monaco Yacht Show. It, I mean, it's a very beautiful boat. What are the particular features in this that are are being brought out?
0: Well, the area where we can see we can uh, save most energy, so i.e. reduce impact, is in the power propulsion and an electricity generation. Uh, so it has uh, become a hybrid platform, uh, whereby we can uh, generate the electricity. Either by the uh, obviously the generators, but we also have a PTL PTI setup where we can, in a what we call eco cruising mode, generate electricity from the main engines and that saves uh, a substantial amount of fuel.
1: I'm sure. So, uh, the electric hybrid model is this one you have tested before, or is this the first boat you will have that has the electric hybrid model?
0: This is the first boat that's so extensive in that in this package, uh, and there's a uh, also battery, uh, quite large battery banks on board to uh, support this system.
1: And in her design, were there other things considered in in the hull shape or in the paint?
0: Yes, well, um, she has, uh, there's been a lot of hull optimization, but there's an old uh, rule in naval architecture and displacement boats that if you have a long waterline, it will save you energy or give you more speed either way. So she has a very long, sleek hull. And that reduces uh, the the power requirement, uh, but also the underwater appendages have been optimized both in a CFD analysis. That means you do it uh, you run it via computer, but also by uh, uh, testing the hull in a in a basin in a in a water tank.
1: Okay, my understanding when looking at it is that this is a boat that can really explore the world. So the development of this is not hindering any in any way how far it can go. It's just really fuel efficiency.
0: She um, has a transatlantic range. And she has a good range of, of about 5,000 nautical miles at uh, 11 knots. So she, she's fine on that aspect.
1: Do you think at the moment in the market, electric hybrid propulsion is sort of the next big step in, in developing our propulsion systems, of being the most effective sort of next step in making our super yachts more sustainable?
0: It all depends on the uh, operating profile of the vessel how many hours she's at sea, how many hours she's at anchor, how many hours she's spending in the marina. Uh, We've looked at our installed fleet and took uh, data from that and to find the average profile of our average yacht and configured our system for that. And in our situation, it becomes to this hybrid propulsion setup. For example, cruise vessels have a very different operating profile than yachts, and they are like full electric diesel electric propulsion setups which is much more efficient for them but that's not in our case for our super yachts
1: going forward this is something that you will tailor according to the the needs and the demands of the super yacht depending on what this super yacht will be needing to where it needs to cruise and where where it'll need to go
0: no for us it's a, it's it's a, it's a it's a standard setup and uh, that okay. will fit, fit most of our clients as we see in our installed base but the cruise ships that we also built there, the, there is a full diesel, diesel electric setup where we see it's more efficient in that aspect.
1: When you say cruise ships, we're talking on the large scale cruise ships.
0: Yes, built within Damen. Yes.
1: Which is a, a whole nother conversation because that's a very interesting other part of the marine industry that we touch on in the super yacht industry, but is very much interrelated. You know, there's a lot of good news coming up of how other parts of the marine industry are also getting involved. I think you and Amels and Damon are probably quite unique in that you bridge the two industries between super yachts and the cruising industry. Out of interest, do you see as much movement in the cruise side as you do in the super yacht side of pushing towards more sustainable options?
0: Yes, in the cruise side, that's a very professional industry, of course, and uh, very much advanced and also growing at a very rapid rate, uh, pace. And there is more and more pressure on the industry, commitment to to comply to that. Also, for example, the Polar Code, which is very good now, we see that these cruise vessels venture into Arctic areas.
1: And if that's going to be opening up even more, you know, with the Northwest Passage. I, I also, I think from the demand of owners, that owners are wanting More adventurous trips, whether it be Arctic or Antarctic or uh, the Pacific, the needs and for where these superyachts are to go are changing as well with a new generation of owners coming up.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. We saw this uh, happening already in 2015 when we introduced the Diamond Sea Explorer concept. That's a uh, a platform that's very capable for uh, long endurance and uh, autonomy of about 40 days. capable also going to polar areas. And uh, is compliant with Polar Code B, and that's certainly uh, an important and good development.
1: It is, and and one that we're going to be need to be careful as well as we enter into these more pristine waters. You know, there's uh, we've talked quite a bit here on the station about Norway and where they're moving to try and have more uh, cruising coming up, but zero carbon cruising, and. That- Presumably, that will become a bigger requirement in the world as we as we grow. So I'm sure it needs to be reflected as well in the boats that are coming as well. Absolutely. So moving on to looking at um, operations, where have you been pushing developments in your operations in the shipyard?
0: Okay, uh, well, uh, let's call it the, the, the factory as such, yes, the, the shipyard uh, we see in the manufacturing process. Obviously, out, not only out of cost considerations, we want to be as effective as possible, but also our energy consumption. As we speak, we're installing uh, 5,000 solar panels on uh, on the roofs of our holes uh, here, and mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of uh, sun <laughs> well, in this part of the country <laughs> in Holland, um, but not enough to keep the whole uh, factory powered up. And uh, we're in the... In the Certification planning stages now of also uh, erecting our own uh, wind power windmills. Um, Wow! Yes,
1: Uh, that's sorry. That's the first time I've I've heard of solar energy coming up, and but I think you're the first I've heard that's bringing in wind power.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, But you're close
1: there. This can I ask? This isn't the Flushing City Yard, so you're close to the North Sea there. So presumably you get a lot of wind coming in to make this a feasible option.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, it will be actually at our an East Yard, which is a little bit down down the river here, but it's only five kilometers. And there, there, are, there is place. It's an industrial area to erect uh, very large uh, wind turbines. So we can be energy neutral. Uh, that's our goal.
1: And one of the things I noticed as well in in your shipyard design is just very practical things like bringing in better insulation, LED lights, even down, and I, I love this, even down to a bicycle-friendly policy in the shipyard. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Which makes me smile because, you know, that's sort of one of my my memories of, of being in Holland is just seeing a lot more people on bikes, so it makes sense.
0: <laughs> well, in West is quite flat, as you might know, but no, there's a... You get a a bike via program here at Amos uh, with great discount. And this really stimulates people to take the bicycle uh, to work. And besides that, we also really stimulate hybrid uh, cars, electric cars for people who uh, drive a company car.
1: And so you can come in and plug in and hop on your bike and get to the other side.
0: (laughs) Correct, correct.
1: Fantastic. And looking at, you know, one of the big topics when we look at the ocean is about plastic and recycling and the effectiveness of it. However, at a shipyard, I can only imagine there are a lot of things to recycle products to manage. How do you how do you manage that side of it? And and also in, in you know, in the painting of how you manage the more toxic materials that you use.
0: Okay, so uh, luckily there are very stringent regulations in Holland in place for uh, waste, for for toxic waste, of course. Uh, but besides that, there uh, we have uh, actually seven different uh, streams of uh, recycling materials. So yeah. wood, metal, uh, plastic, all separate and also uh, bring value. We actually, sell. materials to recycling companies. So they actually bring us money instead of costing us money. And it pays back for the the effort you take to separate them in the production process.
1: Which makes complete sense. You know, the many people we've talked to around the world, very much the concept of upcycling, you know, helping promote people to want to recycle because there's a payback. Um, Is this throughout Holland or is this particular to your shipyard?
0: Um, I cannot speak for the other shipyards. Uh, I don't know how they uh, handle this
1: matter. I don't but know. But gen- sorry, just generally in in Holland, I presume that you have very stringent levels for recycling. Is this part of the culture that um, recycling is is common, or is it very much an ethos that you wanted to highlight in the shipyard?
0: Well, in our ho- just looking at my home, we have different waste streams. It's it's it's, it's uh, we call. Uh, Everything that, it's, uh, that comes from the garden, basically, <laughs> that's separately. The and then you have yeah, compost, then you have your general waste, but you separate glass, paper, and plastic.
1: Moving to materials, have you had changes in, in what sort of materials you are using, whether they're the materials for the interior or in the exterior design?
0: Mm, not as such. Not as such.
1: The other interesting thing, I, I had the pleasure of you produce a beautiful magazine called um, Finest Moments, and it has a lovely illustration of the different things that are going on in Zealand as well, which is your other shipyard, I believe, down in the south.
0: Yeah, that's actually the, the shipyard we're talking about in Flushing. Zealand is the province, mm-hmm. and uh, Flushing is the, is the town. New Zealand, arri- arriving the name from original, this is the old Zealand.
1: <laughs> ah, is that where it comes from? That's and when the got, Dutch got to New Zealand, they, obviously, a bit like New York, <laughs> they, they named it after themselves.
0: <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Now, this is the old Zealand where we are, yes. And um, we have all kinds of initiatives, like we illustrate in finest moments, where we think uh, we have to take care of our coastline and our, and our waterways. And we have all kinds of initiatives, like uh, beach cleanups, together also with the uh, local university here, and our uh, employees. We're... Uh, Do it several times a year. We have uh, sea bins uh, mm -hmm. here at the yard. uh, But also, actually, yes, sorry. So
1: effective. I mean, sea bins have come up recently because I think there's now 900 of them deployed around the world. And I mean, they really, the average sea bin, I believe, can pick up up to three tons of plastic a year.
0: Yeah, they're effective. Um, absolutely. And the nice thing is that we also see that uh, some uh, of our vessels, uh, like Garcon, uh, are employing them also. And they have them sitting on the stern platform in a bracket. And uh, when they're, once they're in the marina, they deploy it and they actually catch quite a, a lot of waste. Very Fantastic. good initiative.
1: And yes. you also, you also on top of that have harbor cleanups as well, don't you?
0: Yes, harbor cleanups, also together with the students here from the local university to make them aware of the importance of having clean uh, clean waterways.
1: Finally, looking more at, at marine life, you have a particular soft spot for seals, I believe. Yes,
0: there's quite a few seals living in this area, and we see more and more coming because the water quality is improving. And there is also a, um, uh, a sanctuary sen- sen- how do you say it, sen- thank very yeah. sorry <laughs> for my for my english uh, i have the same
1: feeling with dutch <laughs>
0: okay okay um where we 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 support that and we actually uh, this year we have uh, released uh, two two seals who are healthy again back uh, here on the local beach in in flushing It was uh, was a great event yes
1: um it sounds that there must be a lovely community feeling around between the university being involved and i believe The fishermen in the area as well are involved in a policy that's called Fishing for Litter as well?
0: Yeah, that's actually an initiative uh, in several countries here on the North Sea, also in Britain, but uh, Germany, Belgium, and um, where the fishermen uh, with this organization, they're provided with uh, big bags on board, and any litter they fish up from the sea, which is quite a lot, and in the old days they used to throw it back into the sea and fish it up the next day but now they keep it on board put it into the big bag the big bags are being taken off their fishing vessels uh, as they arrive in port and uh, the waste is being uh, uh, taken away and uh, yeah uh, how do you say recycled if that's possible so we've that is a very effective way of, of uh, cleaning the, the North Sea here, we think. And so we we are a supporter of that financially. And actually, Daamen is also building fishing boats. So there's also a relation there.
1: Wow. Okay. Um, I'm thinking, you know, from, from the beach to the harbor to the sea um, and even to the fishing boats. You've kind of got your finger on, on many pies there of helping it as you as you go from coast to water. I noticed as well. There's you have another collaboration, which, uh, and here's going to be my explanation of of Dutch. But it's the Schoen Schelde Covenant. Could you yes. tell me a little bit more about that?
0: Yes. it's actually a covenant. We say in uh, which means an agreement, an incentive mm-hmm. of every, everybody. I uh, mean, uh, here in 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 the southern western part of the Netherlands, in Zeeland, we have the river Scheldt, which. Um, Comes from uh, originally France, runs through Belgium and then exits here into the uh, North Sea. And it's also a, uh, uh, a natural reserve, actually, this area, but also 40,000 ship movements a year take place here.
1: And that's yeah, just quite... moving up the river to go to the North Sea.
0: Yeah, that's Antwerp, the port of uh, Antwerp, uh, Ghent, uh, Flushing itself. Um, so there's a lot of traffic here. Um, and we are aware of, of, of the impact that it has on the environment, and so, so the local authorities, but also all the big companies here along the Scheldt and the, the shipping operators are together here in this convenant in this agreement to improve and to care for the environment here, which is a very good initiative.
1: And it, like all things, coming back to the Water Revolution Foundation, it takes collaboration of many different groups working in different areas to truly make a a big impact. I think collaboration is increasingly more important in not just in our industry, but all over to make the difference. And it looks like you've got quite a few collaborations going on. Can we move on to... What is quite a big topic in in the industry because of the challenges of recycling. It's come up in particular in the recycling of fiberglass, or in as the term is, the end of use boats.
0: Yeah, it's it's very important, and, uh, and it worries me to see how much uh, composite we produce in the world. And uh, you cannot uh, recycle everything, or turn it into a shredder and use it as a as a foundation material for a highway. So it's 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 a big problem that that we've created. The beauty of uh, building metal ships, steel, aluminium, is that they're far more easy to recycle, obviously.
1: And are you involved in that process or is it just in the design and the building of it? You know that not only is this going to last a very long time, but when it comes to the end of the life of this boat, it's going to be able to be remade into something else.
0: We're lucky that uh, all the Amos yachts that we've built since the uh, beginning of the 80s are all afloat. So wow. uh, each
1: one of them. Each is one. Non retired.
0: Non retired. <laughs> non retired.
1: Fantastic. Um,
0: but there certainly will be a day that they, they will retire. And then, yeah, um, what we do now with the with the new boats is that um, we can supply the boats with what we call a Lloyd's Register Eco Notation. And that means that we make an inventory uh, of. Uh, all the materials that are on board and particularly also the hazardous materials. So when the ship comes to ends of life, people know where the materials are and which materials are on board and how they need to be taken care of. That's an important large register eco notation.
1: Interesting. Uh, Because I think that, I mean, obviously for you, it's it's not an issue at the moment since all your boats are still in the water. I mean, refits can be fantastic, but The positives I've seen of of end-of-life boats have been um, when they've been putting them in the ocean to make them coral reserves. We're still losing those materials in many ways if we just strip it and sink it. So to have a, a future use for them... And to be able to upcycle, I think, is a very important, particularly going forward for the next, you know, few decades, uh, how long we will have with these materials may be more limited than we'd like to have.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: (laughs) Moving on to looking more broadly at ocean conservation, you at AMELS have been quite involved in a number of projects, not just at a local base where your shipyard is, but on a broader context of ocean conservation. Can you tell us what you're involved in?
0: Well, we're supportive of the Blue Marine Foundation, uh, which is a very good initiative. We also had our cycling team taking part uh, from London to Monaco. Now, it's, ah, you were uh,
1: part of that awesome. race too? Fantastic. Not personally, but Mike
0: <laughs> several colleagues of mine were, and I said it was a great event. And it, what I think it's important, what it does is it creates a lot of awareness. Besides, of course, what the foundation does in a very good way in the, in the at sea with the, with the, with the conservation areas. So uh,
1: because yeah they I mean they've really been working with scientists and and looking very carefully at where do we most need to make the best investment you know in in all many ways all of us are linked up with the protection of our oceans Because we need that environment for our industry to be good and clear. I think one of the great things about Water Revolution Foundation is trying to focus maybe our industry at where we most need to put our energy and money to make the difference as well.
0: Yes, absolutely. So so the Water Revolution is also a very good initiative where shipyards uh, come together and try to figure out solutions that are all of benefit to us to the environment. So there's a mutual interest and it's a very good platform for that.
1: Out of interest, one of the discussions we've had is making yachting or green yachting something that is not just, I mean, you look at The fact that with electric hybrid propulsion, they're going to be using less fuel, which economically has got to be good for the owner. But also an increase in owners wanting to be green or more sustainable in this next generation. Have you had that feedback as well from the people looking to buy super yachts of because any build is 3 or 4 years so what you're putting on the boat now will be affecting in in 3 or 4 years time have you had also an increased interest from owners coming in wanting new solutions
0: yeah well we see it's it's starting to come but we're we're absolutely convinced that there will be more coming and uh, like I explained to you with the development of our platforms like the amo 60 we're prepared Uh, to go to this next level of of the impact of the vessel, of of its overall uh, lifespan. So we're investing there and also spending more money there because we know that this will give us a a competitive advantage. Yes, it's definitely happening and there will be more coming. We're convinced.
1: That has generally been the feeling when we've been talking with people that more and more this will become like a badge of honor. You know, not only do I have a beautiful super yacht, but... My superyacht, because unfortunately the superyacht industry does sometimes get negative attention because like the aviation and cars and creating pollution, I think the more we have um, it becoming, for want of a word, trendy or popular, the greater the desire will be to make these changes. Absolutely. I fully agree. I fully agree. So what's, what's next in where you would like to see things going uh, over the next decade or so? Um, not to reveal any secret plans of new innovations, but um, as an industry, where do you see us moving towards in the future?
0: Okay, well, I can speak for our company. By 2024, we will have all our uh, vessels that we produce uh, in, in a hybrid propulsion uh, uh, mode. So that that's a big change we're taking already as we will continue to uh, become more energy neutral as a as a producer from our shipyard side huh that that is a big mm-hmm. development now technical developments uh, will take place in general i think on the hydrogen part in the coming years and to see if we can build this an infrastructure for people to obtain hydrogen that's critical but they there that that's i think the exciting bit of uh to lower the The footprint of uh, superyachts which are uh, out and about.
1: i I have to totally agree. I think hydrogen is a very interesting energy, and we're we're seeing it coming up now in concepts. There are a few still a few challenges, I think, for storage and and how to access that hydrogen easily. But I think it's a very exciting new energy. Not that it's that new. But uh, an exciting new energy that at least is also being tested out in un- other industries. I know in China, they've been testing it out with bus services. And hopefully, the more innovations we have in other, other industries, the more we can bring it into our own as well.
0: Yes, have and then, you- of course, with the hydrogen, it's not only the infrastructure, but it's also how you generate your hydrogen, because that obviously needs energy also. Mm-hmm. Eh? So, of course, it must be circular in that respect. Yeah, um, And
1: how you... Created. I mean, we do have the advantage on super yachts that you have water accessible to you at all times. But <laughs> to be able to convert that salt water, I mean, in an ideal world, I think it would be being able to convert the water directly on board into fuel. Hopefully, a couple decades time, ultimately, that would be fantastic.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But within uh, the dam and the uh, research laboratory, that where there's. Going uh, substantial research in that direction, also for the commercial uh, shipping world.
1: Well, Victor, thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure. You know, I I had the pleasure, as I said, of, of meeting you in Monaco and being able to see up close what's happening in the shipyard. But I've learned a good bit more today as well from chatting with you. And I, including that you were involved in, in cruise ships and, and fishing ships, I had really just focused on the super yacht side. You've got quite an extensive footprint in the marine industry. And I have to say, I find it great to see these big shipyards like yourself making these changes, even if they're not yet popular or mainstream, but making the decision as an ethos to make these changes be ahead of the game, hopefully.
0: Yes, Maeve, I absolutely agree. And I think very uh, probably uh, many of your listeners are uh, also crew, of course. We like to uh, work with the crews together also in the operation of the vessel to make her more efficient. They're a very important partner in that
1: respect. Do you ever get a chance to get feedback from captains and crew of, of the changes they'd like to see made as well? Out of interest? We focus very much on the owners being involved in in the design and what goes on board, but is that also something you integrate into when you're designing?
0: Yes, it's fundamental, Um, as we have quite a big installed base and we constantly get feedback to improve the boats from the crews which are out and about. To give you an example, uh, we would try to reduce the plastic bottles on board New Secret Enamals 242. Uh, The crew installed the water purification system so that they don't have to drink anymore from plastic bottles, but get really good quality water out of the tap. The captain informed me that he reduced the number of plastic bottles by the crew alone on a yearly basis of 8,000 bottles, which was so impressive to us that we have are now fitting on all our new boat standard, the purification systems. Because that's, also, that's,
1: I'm having talked with a number of people about this, It's it's not just the amount of plastic bottles, it's also for your health as well. The water that comes from a very well-run water filtration system not only should taste better, but is better for you because you don't have the added extras that unfortunately sometimes come with our bottled water when we don't know where the source comes from.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And But it's also the, the not only buying the bottled water, which is expensive, but also transporting the logistics, storing it on board. And then, of course, in the waste management. And where our boats go, often there's no good waste separation scheme. So often they end up somewhere in a landfill, which is horrible. And uh, we can supply perfectly, even probably, like you say, better quality water on board, even if it needs to be fizzy <laughs> uh, <laughs> or warm or cold, or uh, which is absolutely fine. Uh, and and yeah, it, it benefits from all sides. And building the boat, installing the system, it's relatively easy to do. <laughs> so we're doing it now as a standard.
1: I'm, I'm smiling only Because that statement alone, building a boat is relatively easy to do. (laughs) It all depends on your expertise. But it sounds like uh, at Amazon, Damon, you have that sorted. (laughs) (laughs) We try. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We have been talking with Victor Kamenida, who is the marketing manager at Amels & Damon, based in the Netherlands, as many of you know. And have been an anchor partner to Water Revolution Foundation um, for many months now, as part of what seems like a much bigger and wider spread ethos that you've had as a shipyard for quite some time now. Thank you very much for telling us more today, Victor, and many, many good wishes and best of luck in the next year or two as you develop all of these further.
0: Thank you, Maeve. Thank you very much for. Giving you the opportunity to explain what we're doing at uh, Amos and Damen. From Palma de Mallorca to the global super yacht community, Super Yacht Radio.